Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast, IDP edition. I am your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF, and I am here to bring you another weekly IDP preview episode, and I am very excited to be joined by one of Kentucky's finest, disc golf superstar, brilliant IDP and fantasy football mind from the IDP show, the great Bobby Reynolds. Bobby, how are you today, my friend? Macri, I think the uh, the disc golf accomplishment there was maybe my favorite. IDP, man, disc golf. Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, you're, you're an absolute uh, superstar at disc golf. I, I learned um, th- this offseason going out to Kentucky and seeing you chuck that thing with uh, without breaking a sweat and, and basically getting it right by the pin every single time. It was very impressive. Hey, when you turn 30, you got to do something to get outside and get a little exercise. And that's uh, that's my thing, you know? Yeah, that's it's a good one. It's a good one for sure. It was that was a lot of fun. But yeah, man, I, I'm excited to have you on here and yeah, complete the the trifecta of the big three here. We had uh, we had Adam on, uh, I think the first episode, then Josh was on a few weeks after that. And now very excited to get you on here and talk some IDP because yeah, we don't get to chat uh, on podcasts as much as 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 we'd like. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. If we had Macri here in Bowling Green, I think it would just be the big four, you know, moving forward, (laughs) just change brands and uh, just not stop. Yeah. Yeah. Just make the make the move up south. Try to pack up the whole family from uh, freezing ass Canada over here. We do have (laughs) snow today. So, um, yeah, I would like to try to avoid as much as that as possible. So you never know. Maybe one day in the future. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a fun week. We had the trade deadline, obviously. Uh, I guess it was yesterday, um, and mm-hmm. it was pretty good for IDP. We'll talk about a, a couple of the moves um, uh, today, going through these games, and obviously wasn't as exciting for for offense. But that's why we play IDP, so we don't miss out on um, some potential excitement as well from the defensive side of the ball. But uh, yeah, it'll be fun to kind of get into some of that stuff, and I'm glad you're here to do it with me. We're going to go game by game as usual, and then I'll put the timestamps uh, in the episode description again for people so you can, again, jump around uh, and find the games you're looking for. We'll cover some of the main storylines for each team um, and focus on it, like favorite matchups for every team as well and maybe least favorite matchups. Um but yeah, and then for the YouTube crowd, we crowd we do have some good uh, matchup-based visuals that I'll put up. So again, I know we have a lot more audio listeners than we do on YouTube, but come on over, check us out on YouTube if you like, see all this key matchup data, and then don't forget to like and subscribe while you're here as well. I'm also more than happy to answer start sick questions and interact with folks in the YouTube comments. I'll check in there from time to time leading up to Sunday's game. Uh, so please feel free to ask questions, jump in the comments below so we can uh, hopefully help you win some fantasy matchups. Uh, you'll also find the link to the IDP rankings and IDP fantasy report in the episode description um, as well over on pff.com. Both of those are free as well. Um, so yeah, excited to get into it. Uh, one last piece of business before we do. Uh, I do have a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Fabric by Gerber Life. Uh, fall is all about the back to school and back to routine checklist. And the most important task on that list should be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You could go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy, M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. 
All right, Bobby, let's start things off, as we always do, with Thursday night football. This week, it is the Tennessee Titans at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Where do you want to start uh, with this game? You know, we could talk about a whole lot of good stuff here, Macri. You know, Harold Landry and uh, Jeffrey Simmons are heating up a little bit to go with Danico Autry. Autry started off the season a little bit slow. Um, maybe a little bit of a tougher matchup here for um, Alshair and then Jack Gibbons. Um, an above-average matchup, it looks like, for the Steelers' defensive line. Um, like we needed another reason to start uh, TJ Watt. Uh, Probably the more disappointing thing for me personally, I am the uh, manager of Minka Fitzpatrick in the XFFL. Um, where are we looking uh, for our Minka replacement? Uh, I think it's DeMonte KZ is maybe the backup there to Minka, who's probably available in lots of leagues, but is he even going to be worth rostering? Um, you know, and something else I was thinking a little bit about today, Alex Highsmith has kind of had a little bit not disappointing year, but maybe not as electric of a year as we have thought um, kind of to get us started. I think he's two and a half sacks so far through the season. Um, Nick Herbig has a sack and a forced fumble in the last two weeks. So I don't really know that there's a whole lot of change aside from the uh, the Minka injury here in the last week or so coming for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I think with the Titans, you pretty much start who has been playing there here um, lately. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, I believe, is the replacement for Kevin Byard. I don't really know that I'm rolling him out yet. But, yeah, Macri, what do you think about the Herbig and Hightower, uh, Highsmith situation? And then Minka, is his replacement even going to be worth rostering? What are, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think I, I don't mind Highsmith, at least for, for this matchup specifically going against the Titans, right? So it's a pretty decent matchup as far as um, going against the Tennessee Titans pass blocking unit, um, which which uh, is, is, again, a strong matchup for the Steelers D-line, at least above average. So I don't mind uh, Alex Highsmith this week. I actually put him inside the top 10 this week um, just because I do like the matchup. I know Will Levis, you know, he was decent. Uh, the, in his debut last week, didn't really take any sacks. So he was good at avoiding those sacks. I think he's going to have a little bit more trouble this week. And then you also got Cam Hayward potentially returning um, from injured reserve this week as well. So for those DT required leagues, if he was dropped for whatever reason, um, most likely because your league doesn't have an IR spot, I think Cameron Hayward could be an interesting uh, pickup. I don't know if he'll play a full workload necessarily um, in his first game back. But again, positive matchup here for guys like Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward. Maybe not as interested in Nick Herbig right now, just for playing time purposes. I, I'd, I'd want to see him kind of increase his snap share a little bit, but um, I do like I, I do like the matchup, at least for the Steelers. It's possible he gets in a, a sack in there, but it's, it might be a little bit tougher just for limited playing time. So, um, And then you, you had asked about, yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick as well. He is out. It looks like it's Actually, Keanu Neal and Demonte KZ now that should see a, a snap increase. So both of that, those guys were kind of playing while Minka was in the lineup, but neither of them were full-time players. KZ was playing a little bit more. Um, but now Keanu Neal and KZ are both playing uh, basically a full-time role this week. Um, Neal's probably the one that's more interesting to me because he's going to get those box snaps, which obviously we like a lot more for, for IDP matchups. But um, the Steelers... Or, or the Titans, they are aren't a great matchup for safeties, or at least they haven't been so far this season. They rank 28th in tackles allowed to the safety position, so don't love it for um, Keanu Neal and Demonte Casey. I think I put them, I pushed them both down a little bit uh, 
Keanu Neal's like safety 33 for me. KZ, I'm not as interested in this week. He's safety 57. So don't love it for um, the Steelers' safeties. The linebackers, again, we know are kind of a, a mess. You're basically really only trusting Cole Holcomb for the most part. But um, yeah, and then like you said, the 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 Titans, I, there's guys that we like here because, again, it's another decent matchup. The, the Steelers' offensive line or their pass blocking unit is the second worst in the league. So guys like Harold Landry, like you said, Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry are, are getting a little bit hotter now. Um, we, we like them a fair bit. I have Landry as edge 18, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, DT2, and Danico Autry, uh, edge 21 as well. So I do like um, the, some of the Titans IDPs a little bit more this week as well. Yeah, and uh, Arden Key, a little bit disappointing in that shift to uh, the Titans this year. Just not... Yeah. Not really quite been what what I expected him to be so far this season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I agree with you, Macri. I think uh, I think that's smart. You know, I was thinking earlier today too. Is this the year of the defensive tackle? I mean, good gosh, you know, I remember the early years of of IDP and grabbing one guy who was maybe showing some signs of relevancy um, at defensive tackle in a defensive tackle specific league where you have to start one. Um, it was really difficult. You know, the years I had drill Casey, I thought I just had gold. Um, but yeah. now you've just got, you're so deep right now at Jeffrey Simmons, Quinnen Williams, Ed Oliver, uh, Justin Matabuke. All of a sudden yeah. we have the old vets, Cam Hayward, Aaron Donald, um, Javon Hargrave, goodness gracious! I mean, like literally, if you're in a 12-team league and you don't you don't have one good d- defensive tackle, you're really hurting yourself. I think in the in IDP. Yeah, there there's some great ones now, right? And they're all like becoming like these really strong pass rushers as well, which is which is really what we're looking for, right? Before it was more like a run stuffing type player, the the, the interior defensive line position, and now we're getting really some of these like strong. Um, pass rushers Chris Jones as well uh, Jonathan mm-hmm. Allen right Jalen Carter's coming up uh, for the Eagles yeah. so it's a really nice time to to have to get in on some defensive tackles and for those DT required leagues you like that um, those options quite a bit as well so I, I'm with you I, I love seeing these defensive tackles um, kind of come up a little bit more in in value and 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 IDP production because it does make it more interesting um, and the, you know that the position isn't just like a kind of a dud or just led by one or two players at least a, a pretty good one in this next game here uh, to start in Germany this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. This is, Christian yeah. This Wilkins. Is, yeah. Christian Wilkins and Chris Jones, right? Both sure. kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's start. Let's talk about Miami and Kansas City, which, uh, yeah, this game does take place in Germany. Um, so it'll be a, I guess, 9 30 a.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern time start. I think that's, yeah, 8 30 Central. And then that's all the time zones I'm going to try to figure out. Um, so, yeah, you <laughs> make sure you're up and you get your lineup set, obviously, for that game because it is earlier. It's basically playing at the same time as the, the London games as well. But, um, yeah, starting with this one, I mean, Jalen Phillips is back as well, which, which you like to see because he's been awesome. This is a tougher matchup for for pass rushers, guys like Jalen Phillips, uh, even Christian Wilkins, who's maybe not necessarily known as a as a pass rusher. He does rack up a lot of tackles, but he does get his sacks in there as well. But going against Mahomes, who is the best in the league at avoiding sacks, uh, still 8.5% pressure to sack conversion rate for Mahomes. So that makes it a little tougher for somebody like Jalen Phillips, who I have now as edge 14 for this week. But opportunity to rack up tackles because again he got up to 85 percent plus snap share uh this past week as well which you love to see for him um and then yeah the the other thing too which was interesting so we kind of talked about how 
Jalen Phillips being back in the lineup potentially creates like a domino effect for the rest of the the front seven for the Miami IDPs and Andrew Van Ginkle would maybe play some more off ball linebacker, which would cut into David long snaps, but they did change that up this past week because Van Ginkle was actually the one that lost snaps and uh, Jerome Baker and David long both played essentially full-time roles, but they they haven't really been super efficient. Do you have any interest in guys like Jerome Baker or, or David long for, for IDP this year? Gosh, definitely not David Long. David Long really soured on me late in his uh, Tennessee Titans career. When Vrabel was basically, I think late last year, he called him a, a double offender or something in terms of like um, injury. The guy just stays injured all the time. And it just kind of, you know, I kind of lost interest in him at that point. Kind of similar to like a JOK. I've always kind of... Um, thought of those guys in the same light just super athletic guys great in college but just never could stay on the field for very long i always saw those guys in idp in terms of like let's get a healthy game or two out of them and then ship them off and let's get something else that we can uh we can have that's a little bit more stable jerome baker is frustrating in idp i started him last week just because um Ernest jones was my lb3 didn't feel great coming off of that knee injury his snaps were weird two weeks ago and obviously regret it because now jerome baker had a great week six or seven i guess it was and then last week um kind of fell back to irrelevancy he wasn't a zero he just wasn't a typical Ernest Jones uh, type of LB week for me. Um, yeah, very minimal uh, interest in both of those guys moving forward in redraft or in dynasty, honestly. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, th- I think this is the, both of these guys really kind of those boom bust type linebackers really, and, and especially Jerome Baker, like you said, he's he's been, you know, if he doesn't get a sack, then he's not really getting much tackles and at least enough to, to kind of help you get by for the week and and not to the level of some of these other linebackers who are safer in those every down roles. So yeah, not, I don't love that for them. And it, it is a good matchup for linebackers this week going against the chiefs. They're a top 10 team for, for opposing linebackers in tackles. But yeah, like you said, you don't love the, these guys and their efficiency. So it, it makes it tougher. If you have to start them, you can, but they they've been inefficient basically. I feel like with this game, um, this could be a little bit of fool's gold. I'm probably taking the Dolphins. I think the over-under right now is 50 points. I'd probably take the under on that. I think that the Dolphins are favored right now. Um, I think they're a two-point favorite. Uh, I don't know. That's probably about right. I just feel like the Chiefs are broken, man. As a guy who rosters Patrick Mahomes in a lot of places, um, that dude does not have anybody to throw to. Um, Sky Moore is terrible. Justin Ross is now on the commissioner's exempt list. Um Travis Kelsey, you know, goes back into his shell when Taylor's not in the crowd. Um, And Isaiah Pacheco, as much as I really like him, he's just a RB2. He is, you know, I I just, I'm worried that with Patrick Mahomes, I think that it might be a good week to start some of these Miami Dolphins defensive linemen because Mahomes has not been typical Mahomes this year. Has he been Mahomes from the standpoint of scampering around and avoiding sacks? Yes, to some extent, but I feel like he's held onto the ball a little bit longer this year and been more frustrated than he has in the last several years at least. Yeah, I hear you for sure. And and yeah, the supporting cast, it it there's only so long you can get by without having like some like a, at least a true like number one wide receiver. And and Travis Kelsey definitely been that 
for him, but he's also getting older too, right? And and mm-hmm. I mean, Rishi Rice looks really good, but for whatever reason, they just don't want to give him a full workload. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I like Rice, but yeah, the rest of the group is is really just kind of mid, right? Like there's not really a, a top option there. So I, I get it. I, I think he has had a down year. Obviously, last week was was a terrible game with the battling the flu or, or sickness yeah. or whatever the hell that was. But yeah, that was a that was a brutal outcome for him um, and fantasy managers. So. Yeah, I, I hear you for sure. Um, quick, quick question before we move on to the Vikings and Falcons. Uh, Leo Chanel, while Bolton is on the shelf with the wrist injury, I think it was um, Chanel moving forward. Are we putting our trust in Leo? I don't mind him. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll still be a similar deployment with with these guys. Like Drew Tranquil is going to fill the Nick Bolton role, right, and and be that every down linebacker where. Willie Gay, if he's not healthy, then Chanel will come in. But I don't think it's going to be a full-time role for Chanel. It'll be like 70%-ish, somewhere around there. So I, I don't mind Chanel. I, I haven't seen anything that Willie Gay's been ruled out just yet um, for this week. But if he is, you can pick up Leo Chanel for sure. I put him in the waiver wire uh, targets this week. But yeah, Miami is basically not giving up much at all to the linebacker position, either 31st in the league in linebacker tackles allowed. So that kind of hurts maybe Chanel, especially for guys that aren't playing on a full-time workload. So like Tranquil a lot more this week. Yeah, also love uh, Sneed and McDuffie this week. I think that uh, start all cornerbacks on both sides of the ball this week. Um, the ball should get thrown around quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. And and Justin Reed, too, to that point. Like yeah. Justin Reed, a really favorable matchup going against the Dolphins here. Um, Dolphins, they haven't given up a lot, a lot of points to linebackers, but they have given up a lot of tackles to the safety position. So uh, fifth most so far this season. And Reed is really the lone every down safety on the Chiefs. And he's lined up in the, um, in the box on 38% of his snaps as well. So uh, he's had some up and down games this year, but I have him at safety 15 this week So because I, I, I do like the matchup. Yeah, he's been great. Fingers crossed that uh, Taylor Swift on her world tour will be in Germany this week for uh, Kelsey and Mahomes. But back in the States, let's move to the Minnesota Vikings and the Atlanta Falcons game. Um, Daniil Hunter leads the league in sacks. Should we be surprised? I think not. Daniil Hunter is um, an absolute machine, uh, has been a solid uh, DN1 for us in our, uh, in our leagues this year and was probably a great value in terms of ADP where we grabbed him in a lot of the best balls and then in our redraft leagues as well. And even in Dynasty, his value had slipped over the last couple of years. And Daniil Hunter has definitely, um, his return to your value has been awesome. Um, it's a good Jordan Hicks matchup. Uh, Minnesota safeties, we have been Josh Metellus, Cam Bynum, Harrison Smith. Start them all, I think, continuing on. They've been all great. Um, and then tough matchup here for Atlanta's defensive line. I'm not starting any of them. They've all been pretty terrible. Kay Nellis or Nate Landman. Macri, I'll let you tell me who you enjoy of those two guys they've both been very mid in my opinion um but moving forward with the vikings um now no kirk cousins um they did go get josh dobbs which maybe is a little bit of a final attempt to maybe uh get some type of a season together i'm not exactly sure where they sit in the nfc north i know they're not the bottom i know they're not the top so um maybe with kevin o'connell they still see some relevance maybe they can get to the postseason um so maybe that's what that uh maybe last ditch effort it was to bring in dobbs um 
I hate it that Ivan Pace has not got more opportunity this year, but I think he's pretty droppable in most leagues um, just because, as we've talked about um, in our own Slack over the last couple months, um, they're just continuing to roll out Jordan Hicks, and that's really the only linebacker you want there in Minnesota. Yeah, the way that they've played these guys, right? They've they've really leaned into the three safeties um, to to an extreme amount here for the Minnesota defense. So Jordan Hicks has been the lone basically every down linebacker, and yeah, like in most leagues, you're, you're not rostering um, Ivan Pace as much as we love him and 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 like mm-hmm. his potential. But Cameron Bynum, Harrison Smith, Josh Metellus, I think. So if you look for those watching on YouTube right now. All three of those guys are in the top six scores in um, in safeties for for IDP, which is pretty insane um, for it to take up fifty percent of the top six with three Minnesota safeties in there right now, um, heading into Week Nine. So that that's great. I mean, Atlanta's eleventh in tackles to the safety position as well. So another good matchup for these guys. I, I have them all inside the top 30 i'm not putting them all in the top six i I don't know how much that that can continue but bynum's the bynum's the lead guy there safety four for me harrison smith safety 11 and metallis at safety 28 but um yeah the the only other thing that i i do like for this you mentioned daniel daniel hunter already but harrison phillips um for defensive tackle leagues he has been one of the more effective like cheap defensive tackles for idp leagues this season and mostly because he's been able to rack up a ton of tackles um he currently leads the position with 45 total tackles on the year he's also added a couple sacks but draws a really nice matchup here against the falcons who um, give up the fifth most tackles to the defensive line position so he could kind of potentially add to that um this week as well and then on the Atlanta side, uh, yeah, you mentioned the the defensive line, not great. Grady Jarrett also tore his ACL, so you don't love that. Um, not a great matchup for them anyways against Minnesota, who have been one of the better def- uh, pass-blocking units in the league. But Caden Ellis or, or Nate Landman, I am leaning Landman again this week. Um, he's just been more efficient than Caden Ellis, even though he hasn't played an every-down role like Caden Ellis has. Ellis has been like super inefficient, um, well below average. Landman's actually been above average. I think he's around 16% tackle efficiency, which is three points higher, where Ellis is like three points lower than average linebacker tackle efficiency. So Landman at least makes up for those lost snaps by being efficient. Um, But yeah, it's a a slightly above average matchup for the linebackers um, in Atlanta. But I do have Landman at LB28 and Caden Ellis at LB34. So um, I like Landman slightly more this week. Yeah, weird game. Weird game. Yeah. Josh Dobbs, maybe, or maybe it's a rookie versus uh, Taylor Heineke. I don't know what to make of that game. Yeah, I think the first game, I put Josh Dobbs's pressure to sack conversion rate on the matchup data there because he's he's been decent at avoiding sacks, but it does sound like it's actually going to be Taylor Heineke versus Jaron Hall um, oh, this Hall, week, which right. is, yeah, wow. yeah, just not uh, <laughs> not We're an nice. exciting game. Oh, man, it's uh, <laughs> it's going to be rough. That's for sure. And yeah, who knows? Maybe Minnesota thinks they have a chance. I, I don't know. It's weird. You're not you're not winning a Super Bowl with Josh Dobbs, right? Like, it's just not happening. No. So I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. There, it's more so. concerning for the Justin Jefferson managers. Uh, they say yeah. he's uh, on track to come back. But I mean, what are you coming back to? You know, this is a mess yeah. right here. Yeah, and he's definitely going to come back. It's just a matter of, yeah, exactly like you said, what he's coming back to. So, Mm -hmm. Um, all right, let's move to the Seattle Seahawks at the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Really love this matchup for 
a few of the Seattle IDPs, um, starting at the linebacker position, Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks. Uh, the Ravens are giving up the most tackles to the linebacker position. Seattle's also one of the most zone heavy defenses in the league. Um, Wagner and Brooks have also been like super efficient. Um, they've they both rank inside the top 10 at their position in tackle efficiency for linebackers who have played at least 50% of snaps. And it definitely helps playing on that zone heavy defense. Um, Brooks ranks uh, fifth in tackle efficiency, and he's doing so on just 79% of defensive snaps. Um, so this is really like a top matchup for them to potentially be um, I have another great game. I have Wagner as LB two and Jordan Brooks as LB 10 this week. So both those guys are inside the top 10 for me and then i even for jamal adams because baltimore is giving up uh the second most tackles to the safety position as well so jamal adams is safety 13 for me probably probably be higher but didn't play a full-time role um this past week was like 81 percent so um the the main thing is that he's getting really great alignment just 17 and a half percent of his apps coming from a deep alignment and he's mostly spending his time near the line of scrimmage which you love to see for um the seattle uh safety over there Anybody else on the Seahawks that uh, that you'd want to focus on for this game? No, not really. I think you've hit it. Um, Boye Mafe has been yeah. um, pretty efficient here lately. I think he has several sacks in the last, I think, four or five sacks in the last four or five weeks or so. Um, he has been the uh, heir apparent to the Uchina Nuasu uh, injury there. Um, that's probably about the last defensive lineman that I'm really interested in there for Seattle. You're right. Wagner and Brooks, both sets to eat. Uh, Jamal Adams, unfortunately for me, has come back to relevance um, despite taking uh, Julian Love's snaps, it seems. So as well as uh, Julian Love was performing for us early on in the season, now Jamal Adams is uh, unfortunately around again. Um We'll see for how much longer. I mean, for his sake, I hope he stays healthy. But for IDP, it has been very frustrating. Um, I'm kind of interested here on the other side of the ball. You know, I have uh, managed Roquan Smith and Pat Queen in a couple different leagues. My question was going to be who outscores who, Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks versus Roquan and um, Pat Queen. But here in your notes, you're saying that Seattle is stingy to almost all IDP positions. So my guess is that you would go Wagner and Brooks. Yeah, yeah, I'd lean uh, I'd lean Wagner and Brooks this week. But I I have like I still like Roquan quite a bit this week. I have still have him as LB three. Um, Wagner's LB two, and then I yeah I think it's the Jordan Brooks versus Patrick Queen that's gonna you know push it over the top for me the with uh brooks being lb10 and i have queen as lb21 so yeah um yeah 27th to, to linebacker tackles for for uh the seahawks um so they're not giving up a lot there what are we doing uh what are we doing in dynasty with jordan brooks are you holding on to a guy like jordan brooks are we are we cashing out while this while this situation is is uh, is nice because we know the Seattle Seahawks did not re-up Brooks's fifth year um, deal there in in uh, Seattle, so he'll be a free agent this offseason. You know, is a team really gonna bring a guy like Jordan Brooks in to be their number one? He looks awesome, same as Pat Queen. Very mm-hmm. similar situation. Both drafted in 2020. I think both first round draft picks. Yeah. Um, maybe Jordan Brooks was even the first linebacker off the board. I can't remember. I think it was it was Queen? it was it was Isaiah Simmons is who it oh, was Simmons that's right then, yeah that's right after, he went early yeah. and after that I'm not sure who it was between Brooks Kenneth Murray and uh, Pat Queen but anyways is the team really gonna say t- to a guy like Jordan Brooks or Pat Queen for that uh, matter 
you come in and be our LB1. Have you learned enough since 2020 that you can <laughs> you can lead an NFL defense? I don't know if the question to or the answer to the question is yes. I I'm probably ready to ship those guys off, but Macri, maybe you're maybe you're different here. I'm always happy to sell linebackers. Um, I, I, if I can cash out on them, I, having a strong year, I'm happy to do it. Um, it it's all going to depend on the asking price, right? But Jordan Brooks, I, I think you, wherever he lands th- this offseason, whether it's staying in Seattle or or going somewhere else, he's been, I guess, effective enough like as an IDP that he's probably going to continue to be IDP relevant. It's just a matter of if a team likes him as much to, to be that top linebacker for them and play him in an every down role and um, what the scheme is over there as well. But he, he's been good that he's kind of outproduced, you know, the scheme and, and, and his playing time because he's such a good tackler. So that's the one thing with him, but it, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm again, always happy to cash out on linebackers. If somebody's offering me a second round pick on, on any linebacker um, in an IDP dynasty league, I'm always taking that. I would think about it for a third, but it just depends on what kind of third and, and where, where I'm at with my linebacker room at that point. Yep. I love that. All right. Let's get to the next matchup here. Let's get to the Arizona Cardinals and the Cleveland Browns. Um, a couple highlights here. The Browns have been a decent pass blocking unit so far in 2023. Um, they do actually create another great matchup for Kaiser White, who continues to be IDP relevant for year after year after year. Um, Buda Baker, also a favorable matchup in his return after the last uh, um, several weeks of being unhealthy. Now we have a healthy Buda Baker back, which is great. Uh, Buda Baker is always a fun time in IDP. Um, Arizona actually ranks as the 11th worst pass blocking unit um, and a top 10 matchup for the Cleveland safety. So, um, I mean, we all know here what we need to know. You're starting Miles Garrett. Um, you're starting none of the Cleveland Browns linebackers uh, unless you have somebody that you really love that I don't know about, Macri. Um, if you're really feeling spicy, I guess start an Arizona Cardinals defensive lineman. Uh, if you're feeling risky, it's week nine. I probably wouldn't advise doing that. So aside from Miles Garrett, Kaiser White, maybe a uh, Ogbonia Okorongwo or a Zadarius Smith, uh, Grant Delpit, Buda Baker. Is there anybody else that I'm missing that that has some type of relevance or that you like for Week Nine, Macri? No, I think that's that's pretty much everybody, right? Like like you said, the 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 interesting thing will be if Deshaun Watson plays because he's actually been you know, prone to giving up sacks at a pretty high rate, 23.9% pressure to sack conversion rate, which is the first, fifth worst um, in the league. But it's just, it's just a matter of betting on who's going to get that sack for Arizona. I'm not mm-hmm. betting on a Zayvon Collins or Dennis Gardeck or Victor Dimukeji or BJ Ojulari, whoever it ends up being. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm staying away from that group. Um, I do like it. Like you say for Kaiser white um, this week, again, he's in my top 10 again, I'll be eight. Uh, Ravens or the uh, not the Ravens the Browns are giving up the second most tackles to the linebacker position Um, and again Arizona another one of those zone heavy defenses Buda Baker safety three for me yeah Arizona so yeah I like Miles Garrett obviously he's edge two for me this week they're gonna 
potentially be rolling out Clayton Toon at quarterback, um, which is is kind of fun. But they, they did him dirty here going against the Cleveland Browns defense. This is um, really a, a just a terrible uh, matchup to, to get your first NFL start. in. you got Miles Garrett. Zaria Smith is questionable. He's banged up this week, so I don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, but like you said, there's still Obo Garonquo who's going to come in there. He's still a really strong pass rusher. Everything from this uh, Browns defense has been top notch this this season. So hard to believe that Clayton Toon's going to have an easy time of it. Um, so yeah, definitely start your Browns pass rushers. Um, and then yeah, top ten matchup for the Cleveland safety, specifically Grant Delpit, um, who I like quite yeah. a bit. He's safety seven uh, for me this week. So uh, really like that for him. But yeah, it's 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 a pretty straightforward matchup, I would say. Um, Josh Woods, I guess, would be somebody for you know deeper leagues on on the Arizona Cardinals because the Browns are giving up the second most tackles to the linebacker position. So he's playing around seventy five to eighty percent of snaps on any given week. So he could potentially have some use there um, in those deeper leagues, at least. Yeah, this is the point of the season, not only in the NFL but also in IDP, to where um, if it's not broken, let's not fix it. You know, yeah. With the Cleveland Browns, they've showed us that they are going to win um, playing Jim Schwartz's way. And Jim Schwartz's way uh, provides no IDP relevance at the linebacking position. And um, you're exactly right. Oboe and Miles Garrett are both going to have potential for multiple sack um, weeks coming up here in the, in, in week nine. Um, but, yeah, also in IDP, you know, you kind of got to ask yourself at week nine, we are uh, at the pivotal point of the season to where people are starting to either – get in or get out and start to look for 2024 picks, start to kind of sell off some assets, um, you know, get rid of some players to see if we can move um, up in drafts, whatever the, whatever the case may be. Um, So yeah, a lot of times I try to ask myself like, what, what is the team telling me? Are are they, are some of these teams coming off by and they're not good? Can we start to look at some of these, you know, rookies to start getting some play a a day on Henley, a um, Drew Sanders, you know, we're going to have maybe some of these linebackers that, um, we haven't seen much in 2023 as far as rookies are concerned. Maybe start to get integrated into the uh, into the scheme a little bit here. But yeah, with with the Cardinals, pretty much you know who to start, and then with the Browns, you obviously know who to start as well. But it is it is a pivotal part of the uh, the IDP season right now. Yeah, no, I'm with you for sure. That's a, that's a great call. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll talk about some of these teams too. That maybe yeah, their season might already be pretty much wrapped up and maybe we do see some of these younger guys kind of come out and and get give them a chance at least some more playing time kind of going forward so um yeah looking forward to seeing what we get out of the rest of the season especially for some of those rookies um but let's move on to the los angeles rams at the green bay packers so uh starting with the Rams side of things here the going against the Packers who have one of the best pass blocking units in the league. So fourth best um, in the NFL makes it a little bit tougher for guys like Aaron Donald. Um, He's still top five DT for me this week. He's DT five, but it makes it harder for guys that maybe are unproven, I guess, Byron Young specifically. Um, I I pushed down to edge 31, Michael Hoyt or Hecht uh, is edge 37 for me. So um, move those guys down a little bit because of the matchup against Green Bay, who has just found a way to continuously be like a really strong offensive line and and pass blocking unit over there. And Jordan Love has been um, decent at at avoiding sacks as well. So like that for, for the Packers, obviously not as much for the Rams pass rushers, but it's really just those three that you're interested in anyway. Ways. 
Um, and then on the, the rest of the IDPs for the Rams, it's Ernest Jones, right? So Mm-hmm. We did see him return to a full workload uh, in week eight. He was dealing with, uh, I guess, like swelling in his knee, I think it was, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then he was limited in his snaps. The, the prior two weeks, it was around 80% or so, but went back up to a full workload um, in, in week eight. So it, it, we could trust him. I, I have him as LB18 this week, but mostly due to the matchup going against Green Bay, who's also just 24th in the league to linebackers. So not as excited about Ernest Jones as I, as I usually am um, because I do like him. I like the defense that he plays in, but how you feeling? You're, you're an Ernest Jones guy, obviously a Rams fan. So how you feeling about Ernest Jones so far this season as uh, as the Rams clear LB one so far. Great. As of recent, not so great. Right. Um, you, you know, the, uh, the decrease in snaps there due to the injury two weeks ago was a little bit worrisome. Um, you know, the swelling in the knee is never a great thing to hear in week nine. Um, I think Puka Nakua is also dealing with a, a very similar thing. Um, so that's worrisome. Matt Stafford had a very heavy wrap on his thumb oh, uh, yeah. at some point uh, during that last game. I don't know if you saw that or not. So um, I don't know. I don't trust a whole lot of what Sean McVay says these days, um, whether it's with Stafford, their running game, um, or whatever it might be uh, in regards to. He's just always kind of been one that says one thing and does another. So with Stafford, I wouldn't be so surprised to see him maybe shut down for a little while, which would you know be a great week to fire up Rashawn Gary. I don't really know that Stafford's going to be that healthy this week to play anyways. Fire up Rashawn Gary. Fire up um, – um, oh, my gosh – <laughs> Preston, Smith, Smith. Right. Preston Smith, the other Smith <laughs> brother there. Um, Devondre Campbell, it's fun to see him return for Josh's yeah. best ball shares. Um, actually, maybe give Josh a shot in some of these leagues. Um, but yeah, with Ernest Jones, you're right, man. He's the set it and forget it. Aaron Donald, you never take out of your lineup just because he produces weeks like he did in week eight. Um, and then you're right, there is some dynasty upside with a guy like Byron Young, but I definitely don't like um, what he has um ahead of him in week nine. I do know Jordan Love has been sacked 14 times so far in this year, so not the least, but also not the most mm-hmm. either. Um, you're spot, spot on there. Ernest Jones is just a little bit worrisome. Um, I don't, I'm not plugging Ernest Jones in like my LB1 like I normally do. He's really more like an LB2 right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it as well. And and yeah, and then on the Packers side of things, you, you referenced it, right? Like this does feel like a pretty good week to fire up a, a Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith. Um, I have Rashawn Gary's edge six this week. So focusing on him specifically, um, the Rams have the third worst pass blocking unit in the league. Um, Gary's been back to like his regular workload right now um, and firing on all cylinders, really. He's coming out of the team um, out of their week six bye was when he he got back to that that um, that full workload and he's been like relatively quiet at least in the box score uh, since the bye week but he he did have one of the tougher matchups in the league for pass rushers last week going against Minnesota um, but this week draws one of the more favorable matchups against the Rams and then you said like we don't know if Stafford's going to be at quarterback this week, right? So that makes a big difference too. It depends who's back there. Um, But Gary has been killing it. He ranks 10th among edge defenders in pass rush grade with an 82.8. He's second in pass rush win rate at 25.2%. And he's second in pressure rate at 22.1%. So great matchup um, for Rashawn Gary to hopefully deliver uh, one of those big, strong IDP performances this week. Um, yeah, love Rashawn Gary uh, for for this week going against the Rams. Um, 
And then, yeah, you mentioned Devondre Campbell. He, he's back in there now. I have Mazelby 24. Quay Walker still the lone full-time linebacker uh, over there for Green Bay. I have him as LB11. Uh, and the Rams are giving up the 22nd most um, tackles to the linebacker position. So not an amazing matchup, but a little bit below average um, for, for those Packers linebackers right now. Yeah, let's talk about another game that's been, you know, both these teams have been a little bit below average, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Houston Texans. What a gross game this could potentially be. Um, Devin Beige, as uh, Macri has so lovingly put it here, you know, I grew up painting, actually. That was some of my first jobs was painting houses. And uh, I painted so many houses and apartments beige that uh, over the years, my wife has, uh, you know, repainted our rooms and repainted some of our, you know, hallways and stuff. And I've just told her anything but beige. I don't right. care what color it is. I don't want any beige in the house. I've seen enough of that. Let's, uh, let's paint it all, you know, a nice green or something. Let's get away from it, beige. But that's exactly <laughs> right. I mean, Devin White has been very concerning this year. We really were hoping and fingers crossed that the PFF numbers and then the uh, the IDP production would, would, uh, would do a little 180 so far this year. And the only thing that has been worthwhile or, um, you know, consistent for us in Dynasty um, or in IDP in general for a redraft has been Levante David continues mm -hmm. to just be a solid week in, week out LB1 for us. Um, and then Antoine Winfield continues to be also a really good safety. And what Adam has talked about on the show over the last several weeks, a really hard year for safeties. It's been really difficult to find any defensive back of, uh, of relevance, especially a safety. We've had some good cornerbacks that have shown some play. And if you're in a league where cornerbacks and safeties are just DBs, you just have to start so many DBs. It's been a great year to start a bunch of cornerbacks because um, the week-in, week-out volatility of the safety position this year, um, aside from a few key players, has been really hard. Um, and then on the other side of the ball here, the Texans defensive line versus that Tampa Bay O-line. You know, love to hear what you think on that, Macri. And then the, the Texans linebacker mess, Blake Cashman, Henry 2020, <laughs> Gross. No, thank you. I don't want any part of any of that. So what what, what do you want to talk about here, Macri? I'll kind of leave the floor open to you here. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I, I Devin White. Yeah, like LB 25 for me this week. Um, it is a good matchup for these the Bucks linebackers there. The, the um, Texans are a top 10 matchup for linebacker tackles. Levante David's the one for me, like you said, though. He's LB seven for me. He's just been awesome. But mm -hmm. um, it, it's hard to trust Devin White. He's been so inefficient. Um, but yeah, LB25. So just outside that top 24 spot for me. So not a must start by by any means. Um, and then, yeah, you, you mentioned Texans D-line versus the Tampa Bay O-line, right? So Tampa Bay, um, their offensive line has been one of the best in the league um, as far as pass blocking goes. Baker Mayfield has really done a really nice job at avoiding sacks this year. 11.5% pressure to sack conversion rate. This is probably like Jonathan Grenard's been on fire. He's he's been tearing it up lately, but not a great matchup for him. Um, so I pushed him down. He's edge 32 for me this week. And then Will Anderson still looking for that first sack since week one. Um, don't love it uh, for his chances this week either. But yeah, I think it's worth focusing kind of on the, the Texans linebackers a little bit here because Blake Cashman did get the majority of snaps for this group um, in week eight with, with, with everybody healthy. So um, that was interesting to see, but it did cause Denzel Perriman and um, Hanky two toes there, Henry two, <laughs> uh, whatever you want to call them to, to basically split the, the secondary linebacker snaps with both players playing under half of the team's defensive snaps. Um, so <laughs> 
Perriman was he was super effective still as an IDP last week, but his usage really under 50% isn't anything worth worth relying on, I think, consistently for IDP purposes, at least until we see either him or To'o um kind of increase their roles one or the other. Um, but yeah, and then Christian Harris, um, for those anybody watching on YouTube, we have the meme up there of the skeleton at the bottom of the pool. Um, that 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 is Christian Harris. He is done over there. Um, and it, it does seem like Blake Cashman is the favorite so like cashman lb23 for me this week um it's not like uh i don't think it was an amazing matchup for yeah it was just i think 20th um for linebacker tackles were the 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 tampa bay buccaneers so not an amazing matchup but cashman probably the only one i'm trusting right now mm-hmm yeah, just like we all thought in uh, yeah. <laughs> in July, Blake Cashman, LB1, week nine of the 2023 season. What a it's mess. It's unbelievable. It's what crazy, a mess. man. It is and absolutely if, uh, crazy. If Henry Tuotua doesn't turn it around a little bit, he's trending in the, uh, the Christian Harris type situation. His PFF numbers have been not good. Um, So Christian Harris really struggled in 2022. Now we're seeing the same from Henry Tuotua. Um it's difficult to play the linebacker position in the NFL from what I hear. It is. It's very hard. <laughs> and and look, it, it helps to have somebody like D'Amico Ryans as the head coach there who's at least knows what he should be looking for at the linebacker position. He's paying attention to this, and he's really got these guys on a short le- leash. If they suck, like – he obviously isn't afraid to kind of pull them and, and cut their snaps. And Blake Cashman's been one of the highest graded linebackers for us. He's top five um, at the position f- uh, so far this year. So it, it makes sense that he's paying attention to those kinds of things, seeing who's playing well and who isn't. And um, he's leaning into the guys that are that are performing well for us. You know, this is the time of year where even in Dynasty, I'm seeking after guys like Levante David, where most teams are like, this guy's not as sexy in Dynasty. He's over 30 years old, older linebacker. Hey, he is averaging a ton of points right now in IDP. That's a guy that I'm going to go trade a fourth for because the odds of that fourth hitting later on, 2024, 2025, whatever, are so slim. But you know that a guy like Levante David can give you such stability to go for a run here down the stretch in IDP. So I don't know. That's where my mind goes to in week nine. I, I'm, I'm skewing away from the sexy younger guys right now. Let's go to the proven older, um, you know, just the, the, the solid, you know, Aaron Donalds and the Cam Haywards and the Javon Hargraves and the Levante Davids. Let me throw in a Demario Davis. Let me get some of these guys that people don't value as much in dynasty, but can win you a championship in IDP. Yeah, I'm with you, right? Stability is one of the hardest things to get, especially at the linebacker position, it seems, especially with a lot of these younger guys. So those more experienced and proven linebackers in the NFL are are, are just much safer and we could trust them on a weekly basis. We know they're not going to lose their jobs, right? So mm-hmm. I'm with you. I, I love Levante David. He's been awesome all season long. He loved to see that and still one of the better linebackers in the, in the entire league. So awesome stuff there. Um, all right, before we go on to the rest of our games here, we do have to give a quick shout out to DraftKings. Who are the pretenders and who are the contenders? We're more than halfway through the NFL season, but DraftKings Sportsbook is still pumping out unbeatable offers every single game. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. So 
DraftKings wants me to pick a couple picks here from their slate. Um, they got a couple IDP props up so far, not a ton. Um, we were we were six and zero on this podcast as far as picking our our props for the ads. So we had Levante David over eight and a half last week. We had Jamel Dean over eight over four and a half last week. Both of those hit for us on Thursday night, and now there's only a couple. Like I said. Justin Reed over four and a half tackles going against Miami. We talked about him, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. So give, uh, Miami's giving up the fifth most tackles to the safety position. So I'm picking Justin Reed over four and a half. And Marshawn Lattimore, a cornerback for the New Orleans uh, Saints, I'm going also over four and a half tackles against the Bears. The Bears are giving up the eighth most tackles to the cornerback position. What do you think, Bobby? Justin Reed over four and a half and Marshawn Lattimore over four and a half. Absolutely. In a game that has a line of uh, 50.5 points, I believe, give me the over for Justin Reed. And then I love that for uh, I love that for uh, Lattimore as well. Nice. Yeah. Lattimore has been solid this year. So we're going we're trying to go eight. No here. Let's see what happens. Um, DraftKings uh, get in on the football action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now. Use code PFF. New customers can bet just five dollars in on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on drafting DraftKings sportsbook with code PFF. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and responsible gaming resources all right let's go on to the rest of our games here um the washington commanders and the new england patriots so we got to start with the trades obviously because washington trades away montez sweat and chase young montez sweat goes for a second round pick to the chicago bears Chase Young goes for a third round pick to the San Francisco 49ers. And we'll talk about sweat a little bit more in a second here. But since the 49ers are on a buy, um, I do want to just quickly shout out Chase Young because I, I tweeted this out. Uh, I guess it was yesterday. Um, Chase Young is in the midst of a career year for pass rush grade. He has a 79.7 so far. He's got a career best win rate at 18.4%. And he has a career best pressure rate so far at 16.2%. And now he's joining the 49ers who rank first in the league in team pass rush grade with a 90.1. 49ers are also fifth in team pressure rate and fourth in quick pressure rate. So it's a, a pretty nice situation for Chase Young to move to. Not as ideal for, for Montez Sweat, unfortunately. But again, we'll talk talk about that in a little bit. But Bobby, I'm curious. These guys, they they the, the Washington Commanders, they traded both of their top starting edge defenders and now are probably going to have to lean on Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams. Do you have any faith in either of these um, edge defenders to plug into IDP lineups? You know, maybe in a deep league, maybe Tuhill would be a little bit interesting. But in, you know, most of our standard leagues that are not super degenerate, I'm, uh, I have very little interest in, uh, in both of those guys. Um, I... I understand moving on from Sweat and Chase Young. You know, they didn't pick up Chase Young's fifth-year option. Montez mm -hmm. Sweat is definitely getting a little bit older, so we all understand what that team is there in Washington. Uh, young team uh, trying to rebuild, and 
you know, we'll talk about what teams they have went to and, and everything, but I like what the commanders got back in return. Um, yeah. Uh, Jam and Davis, David Mayo there, LB30, LB44 um, have been a bit underwhelming uh, in terms of the Washington Commanders so far this year. Um, you know, we, we remember the years where, you know, the Commanders have always had a pretty decent little linebacker. But for this year, there's just not been anybody that's really even been an LB2 um, for us in any of our IDP leagues. So um, outside of Cameron Curl, there's just really nobody that's, uh, you know, set it and forget it in terms of uh, the Commanders so far this season. Yeah, I'm with you. Jamin Davis has been super ineffective. He's another one of those guys that's like three percentage points below the average tackle efficiency as well. Even though he's now playing a full-time role with Cody Barton on IR, um, he's still just LB30 for me. And then David Mayo not playing a full-time role, but has been at least a little bit more efficient. So he's still... Um, playable potentially in deeper leagues but it's not a great matchup either against the patriots um for linebacker tackles they are 23rd in the league but yeah for me like the edge defenders too casey Tuhill, james smith williams it's really funny because casey Tuhill somehow has four sacks on the year but just five total pressures um which is a pretty insanely unstable number to trust um 63 pass rush grade 1.9 percent win rate James Smith-Williams, 53.4 pass rush grade, 8.5% win rate, one sack, 10 pressures. Um, I don't love either of these guys, like you said. And the, the positive, I guess, for both of them is that New England's pass blocking unit is kind of poo at 29th in the league. Um, but I like that better for, for guys like Jonathan Allen and, and Deron Payne. I'm not willing to, to plug in a, a James Smith-Williams or a Casey Tuhill in my lineup um, this week. Um how about on the New England side of things? Jawan Bentley is questionable coming into this week. Um, so we saw Jelani Tavai kind of step into uh, more <laughs> of a full-time role uh, over there for, for them, which, again, it's it's the linebacker position in New England. It's not a consistent position to trust in IDP. They they can have good games, but they have a lot of down games as well. So um, Jawan Bentley or Jelani Tavai, whoever ends up playing, is basically going to be in that LB40-ish range for me. Um, and Washington is 18th in linebacker tackles allowed to the position. So I think the most interesting player for me in New England, other than Kyle Duggar, who's been awesome, we're starting him. But Christian Barmore um, has a two-game sack streak going. I have him as DT15 this this week, especially for those DT-required leagues. Um, he is going against, uh, I've been calling him the sack fetishist, Sam Howell, um, but he only gave up one sack um, last week against the Eagles, which was pretty impressive. Um, he might have been maybe more hyper aware uh, of take of that going against that Eagles defensive line, but um, maybe be caught in a lull here going against a Patriots pass rush, pass rush that isn't overly dangerous, but Christian Barmore, um, at least maybe some potential there. How do you feel about guys like uh, Christian Barmore right now? Yeah, just another defensive tackle that we're talking about. Yeah. You know, um, Christian Barmore always had the great PFF numbers, but just couldn't put put it together uh, in terms of IDP. And maybe we're seeing that now. Maybe we're seeing the usage kind of come together. Maybe we're starting to see some of the the sack conversion rate um, come up here for us. Um, Christian Barmore is a guy that I don't know that we're setting in our lineups yet, but it's definitely a guy in Dynasty that's kind of on the fringes of being worth uh, paid attention to. You might want to go ahead and grab a guy like this and roster him and just see what the rest of the season looks like for Barmore. 
Yeah, he's a he's a fun player. He had like elite pass rush metrics over at, when he was with Alabama, and then even in his first year um, as a rookie, and then has uh, dealt with injuries and stuff like that. So he's kind of been in and out of the lineup, and then obviously playing under Belichick um, gives you inconsistent snaps. <laughs> so that that could be a pain in the ass to deal with um, for for IDP purposes. But hopefully um, that production now starts to kind of get going for him. He's got two sacks in a row here. The pass rush metrics have been solid, so um, a nice matchup potentially for guys like Christian Barmore. Um, and even like the Josh Uche's uh, of the world as well, who didn't get traded and, and gets a matchup against the commanders too. Well, let's talk about another matchup that has a bunch of uh, really weird players and guys that I'm not sure that we can <laughs> rely on the Chicago bears at the new Orleans yeah. saints. Um, we need to talk about Tremaine Edmonds knee and whether uh, Jack Sanborn season is about to be resurrected. Montez sweat has a new location. He is a Chicago bear now. Um, I think he was traded for a second, maybe, yep. if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And then um, we're going to avoid all Saints linebackers. So Pete Warner has been bad. Tomorrow Davis, ah, not been great this year. Uh, Carl Granderson has been solid. Um, so maybe this is a guy worth playing against. Probably not Justin Fields. Um, probably right. still uh, Badgett or whatever his name is. I don't even know. I, I don't even really care, to be honest with you. But um, yeah. there we go. Sure, close <laughs> enough. But uh, I think the fantasy footballers called him uh, Bilbo Badgett. So just it, it, it gives me the shades of uh, the Lord of the Rings, which I'm a fan of. Also, trick-or-treating last last night as we're taking the kids in the freezing cold, I'm, like I'm sure everybody else was, um, I saw um, Gandalf the Grey, and then I saw Samwise Ganji, two kids that had to have been under five years old. And I just I told him, I was like, you guys win the uh, the best costumes I've maybe ever seen award. Uh, oh, props wow. to their mom, whoever that is. I'm sure you're listening. Um, well done <laughs> staying up late with the sewing machine, getting all the hat and the uh, the the whittled stick together for Gandalf the Grey. It was just an, an elite, an elite uh, costume. So I know as a uh, as a fellow fan of cinema here, John Macri, uh, I know a lot about cinema, obviously. Yeah, That's why yeah. you tuned in. But uh, anyways, yeah, so... We can talk. Uh, we can talk about Tremaine Edmonds. We can talk about Jack Sanborn. Yeah. We can talk about Gandalf the Gray. I don't care. What do you want to talk about, Matthew? <laughs> let's focus on. Yeah, let's go to let's go to Jack Sanborn a little bit here because it does seem like like Tremaine Edmonds is probably going to miss at least one game, right? So um, there was concern, I think, initially that it was maybe a season-ending knee injury. We saw him kind of working out on the sidelines um, in that game on what, what did they play Sunday night? Um, yeah. yeah, Sunday night for against the Chargers. So that's typically a good sign that it's not like a major injury, but he is at least probably going to miss some time. So Jack Sanborn, I have his LB14 this week because I'm expecting him to kind of come in and take on that full-time role. Uh, with Edmonds out. So Sanborn, Sanborn has been one of the more efficient linebackers in the league. Um, we saw that last season when he took over a starting role. He he delivered a, a very high 17.8% tackle efficiency in 2022. And then he's continued to deliver over expectations when given a chance this year at 16% tackle efficiency. So you like that for, for these Bears linebackers. Um, the Saints are also giving up 18.9 tackles per game to the linebacker position, which is the seventh most. So really strong matchup for guys like TJ Edwards and Jack Sanborn. If Tremaine Edmonds plays, it doesn't seem like he will. Um, it would also be a good matchup for him as well. But yeah, Montez Sweat, probably the the, the top storyline here, obviously going to be playing his first game with the Chicago Bears. He's delivered this year in terms of sacks um, with six and a half, but 
I do worry that he could be one of those guys that's kind of overproducing in that regard as well, right? Because he ranks just 49th at his position in pass rush grade with a 67.2, and he actually leads the position in the amount of cleanup and unblocked pressures that he's had this year with 13. So that I think that makes a difference going from Washington to Chicago, right? He's he was playing on a top end defensive line before, which certainly helps you get those cleanup opportunities. Um, and now he's going to one of the worst defensive lines in the league. So he may not get nearly as many of those cleanup opportunities, which for a guy that isn't winning cleanly and doesn't have those strong pass rush metrics, I think we could see some pretty sudden regression here um, for Montez Sweat playing uh, on the Bears. And then the Saints do, the the one saving grace for him is the Saints do have the eighth worst pass blocking unit in the league. So there is at least a positive for for Montez Sweat um, in his first game with the Bears. But I think rest of season, I'm probably not as excited uh, for him playing on Chicago. Man, that's kind of hot takey. Um, I didn't know that his cleanup rate was at, to, to that percentage. So um, that's going to be interesting because Montez Sweat is definitely a guy that obviously the Bears have chosen to mm-hmm. um, kind of build around. And who knows where – I think they have two pretty top picks going into 2024. Who knows yeah. what that Bears team looks like, you know, because I know a lot of people after this trade were like, "Why now why did they do this, you know? Do they really feel like they're in it here? To, are they a Montez Sweat away? And, um, you know, I see it more in terms of I think they believe in Justin Fields. I, I think mm-hmm. they're going to continue to build around Fields, even if they end up with the first overall pick, which I don't know that they will. Um, they're still going to have two really high draft picks to look at a guy. Um, uh, I think there's a good left tackle coming out of this next draft. Um, and also look at a guy like Marvin Harrison, who could play opposite DJ Moore and maybe help there. So um, it would benefit them if they could end up with the first overall pick if they wanted to continue to build around justin fields and they could even move back a couple picks to try to get some more ammunition to build around fields not only on the defensive side of the ball but also offensively um it's gonna be interesting to see in the offseason where which kind of lane the bears continue to uh, to go down so what a mess of a team but maybe they know what they're doing i don't know yeah, yeah, it is. It's definitely kind of messy over there. I'm, I'm really invested in seeing what happens with them this off season, especially at the quarterback position and what, what, what they get for, for picks as well. So, um, I, I like Justin Fields. I'm still a, a fan. I think he's got potential, but it hasn't been a great year. Obviously, the injury hasn't helped that either. So, we'll see what happens there. And then on the New Orleans side of things, um, you mentioned it. I, I'm avoiding Demario Davis and, and Pete mm-hmm. Warner. I have them LB 36 and 37 this week. They've just been super inefficient. Um, both guys well below average in tackle efficiency. The Bears are 28th in the league in linebacker tackles allowed per game. Um, the Saints are also the third most man-heavy defense in the league, which again hurts tackle efficiency as well. So just a no thanks on the on the Saints linebackers for me this week. And then um, you mentioned Carl Granderson as well. He's edge 13 for me um, this week. The Bears are a bottom 10 team in pass blocking grade and potentially have T-bag at quarterback again. If not, <laughs> Justin Fields um, loves getting sacked as well, right? So this this is a positive <laughs> matchup for, for Carl Granderson um, and potentially Cameron Jordan. All right, let's go to uh, another game here. The Indianapolis Colts at the Carolina Panthers um, and start things off with... Okay, so maybe this is hot takey, but I like Quiddy Pay this week. I, I know, you know, he's 
been a disappointment this year. He did start the season pretty strong, three sacks and three games to start the year, but he's gone over for his last four weeks. Um, but he's going against the Panthers here, who are the fifth worst pass blocking unit in the league. Bryce Young has the seventh worst um, pressure to sack conversion rate in the league at 22.9%. The only problem is pay just a 58.2 pass rush grade so far this year. So that has not been great. Um, I put pay inside that top 20 uh, edge defenders for me this week purely because of the matchup. And I, I believe in him potentially having one of his better games of the season, but feels risky considering the, the pass rush metrics and, and the kind of cold streak that he's on right now going against Carolina. But um, at, at the very least, this matchup's strong for guys like DeForest Buckner um, and potentially Samson Abucam as well. But yeah, I'm feeling okay about Quiddy Pay this week. Concerned about him for, for season long. I did like him as a breakout, but hasn't been a great year for him. How are you feeling about Quiddy Pay? Yeah, Pay's been interesting, hasn't he? Because we've seen some shades of it. We've seen some little mm-hmm. snippets of, wow, that was a great play. Wow, that was a great pass rush. Um, but then, you know, we see weeks like we have in the last three or four where he just falls back to irrelevancy. So um, you're right. In terms of dynasty, uh, Quiddy Pay has been very frustrating so far uh, for us uh, throughout his career. He's he's battled injury. Um, he's been a little inefficient at times. I don't hate that this week for him to get a little bit back on track. I know Bryce Young is um, as fun of a story as that is maybe right now down in Carolina. Um, the guy does take a little bit of sack. So I, I, I think you're right. I think it's more of a defensive, uh, a DeForest Buckner uh, type of week, maybe even a little sack week out of a Zaire Franklin or an EJ Speed, um, maybe bring some pressure there from those linebackers. But um, you're right, Kenny Moore has been unbelievable there our cornerback Mm -hmm. one Frankie Luvu please don't take him out of your lineup as bad as that Panthers team has been um, Luvu has still been pretty uh, pretty good for us in IDP I don't think he's the best linebacker in terms of PFF numbers but in terms of IDP um, please leave him in there at least for 2023 and then Brian Burns um, I think the guys talked about it on this last podcast but Burns has been a little um, underwhelming so far in 2023. I don't want to say disappointing um, mm-hmm. because he has shown um, that he can be trusted upon. I just don't know that he has really taken that next step into the Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, uh, TJ Watt type category um, right. in in Dynasty. I don't know what your thoughts are on Burns moving forward, Macri. Yeah, he's he's a tougher one for sure. Like he's he's been relatively productive, like four and a half sacks already this year, 75 pass rush grade. But like you said, he just hasn't taken that kind of next step like like Josh Allen and Brian Burns, both of those edge rushers kind of close together this year. And as far as like ADP goes, um, I've always liked Josh Allen quite a bit and I like Burns, but all the metrics have always pointed to Josh Allen being the better player. And he's definitely taken that next step this year, but Burns just kind of stuck there. It seems um, in that same gear that he's been in, in the last two years, hasn't really shown like a significant progression, even though he's like a really good pass rusher, like at least on tape, right? He looks good. He has all the tools and everything, but it hasn't translated as much as I think um, he, he maybe gets credit for, right? At least in IDP circles, he's still very highly thought of. And, and, it's a tougher matchup this week too, going against the Colts um, who have the ninth best pass blocking grade. Um, Minchu is decent at avoiding sacks, 16.3% pressure to sack conversion rate. So I have burns 
I, I might be guilty of this as well. I, I have him inside the top 10 this week. I'm probably going to push him down in the second update um, for, for my rankings because I, I don't love the matchup this week for Brian Burns. Yeah, in his defense, that team is absolutely awful. Oh, it's so, terrible, yeah. Um, you know, Josh Allen does have a little bit of Trayvon Walker help, um, mm-hmm. but Brian Burns, Derek Brown has not been great this year, and then there's really been nobody else of relevance on that defensive line. So, um, so that's been tough. But let's get to a defensive lineman who is absolutely eating so far in 2023. Kayvon Thibodeau is absolutely on fire. The New York Giants play this week at the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Thibodeau's been on fire. Dexter Lawrence has been a monster nose tackle there for us. Max quadrillion X Crosby at this point. Um, and then this is going to be another strong matchup for the uh, Las Vegas linebackers. So, um, you know, there's a lot of rabbit trails that we could kind of chase here, Macri, but what, what really sticks out to you aside from Thibodeau just being an animal? Yeah, Thibodeau's been, he's been a, a beast and eight and a half sacks. He had three last week. We talked about him liking him quite a bit last week as well. I guess I'm interested to see what actually he does this week because I, I do have him as edge 10, but the Raiders are, are a strong pass blocking unit. They're the seventh best in the league. And um, the only thing is, it seems like Aiden O'Connell is going to be the QB one there for them this week. And we've seen him take seven sacks in a game. So um, it could still end up being a really nice matchup for this Giants defensive line, even without Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. Uh, like you said, as far as nose tackles go, he's got to be the best in the NFL. He's been unbelievable. 15 pressures uh, last week. And that that is the Ooh. most since J.J. Watt in 2014. Um, he did get a sack in that game uh, as well. He hadn't had one in a game up until uh, and we talked about liking him going into that game. He had put up two. He had one last week. Again, might be a tougher matchup this week as far as the, the O-line goes. But Aiden O'Connell has been prone, obviously, in a small sample size to take sacks. So um, there's that as well. But... Yeah, as the rest of the Giants, I feel like we pretty much know kind of what they are, right? We know we're starting Bobby Okereke regardless of matchup. Um, Micah McFadden for deeper leagues can be good, although the Raiders aren't a great matchup for linebacker tackles. Um, so you might want to avoid him this week. Um, and then, yeah, the safeties, Xavier McKinney and, and Jason Pinnock. I, I still prefer McKinney over Pinnock. I don't know about mm-hmm. you, um, but yeah, Pin- McKinney Pinnock is more yeah. of a play guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and um and McKinney definitely getting more of the the box snaps as well. So you like to see that at least for consistency. And then on the Raiders side, um, I do just again, we just have to give our, our weekly Max Crosby update. Um, six and a half sacks on the year. He's edge one, um, and he's edge one for me this week in the rankings as well. The Raiders played 86 defensive snaps on Monday Night Football, and <laughs> Max Crosby played all 86 of them as well, which is just ridiculous. Like, the guy does not leave the field, and he's going against the Giants this week. Um, the Giants are the optimal matchup for, for pass rushers, especially somebody like Max Crosby who's going to be out there every snap. Um, the Giants ranked dead last in pass blocking grade as a team. And then Daniel Jones, it looks like he's going to be he's going to be back. He actually passed Sam Howell in pressure to sack conversion rate just by Howell only taking one sack last week and Jones not playing. So Jones has the worst pressure to sack conversion rate in the league now. So it's just an amazing matchup for Max Crosby. He is edge one. Obviously, we're starting him. But um, yeah, like I, I don't mind Robert Spillane this week. Giants are fifth uh, most in in linebacker tackles uh, given up. So Robert Spillane is LB20 for me this week. That's second Raiders linebacker position. I don't know what's going to happen there. Divine Diablo might be back. He's currently questionable. 
Luke Masterson left last game with a concussion, so he's likely not going to play. The other option, if Diablo and Masterson both can't play, is a guy named Amari Bernie, mm. who I have never heard of um, in my life. And I yeah. look at defensive numbers consistently every single week. And Amari Bernie, this is the first time I've ever uh, had his name pop into my head, but he did play last week um, when no. Masterson went out. Bernie's great. I've kept up with him his whole career. <laughs> he played great in college. Really yeah, good yeah. Rass. Uh Start Bernie uh, on all fronts. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah it'll be interesting like we talk all the time about like linebackers that come out of nowhere that we could find off the waiver wires if mm-hmm. divine diablo and luke masterson can't go this week it's a great matchup for linebackers so amari bernie could very well have himself a nice game um i'm, I'm logging on to a uh, draft kings right now bernie <laughs> we're smashing the over DraftKings, there's no way they're going to have an amari bernie uh <laughs> tackle line this week i can't imagine that they will but oh, i love um, that yeah anything else uh from this giants raiders game or should we go on to uh cowboys eagles let's move on let's do it uh dallas cowboys at the philadelphia eagles so i do want to start i think i'll start with the um cowboys safeties because it is kind of an interesting group here in that the eagles do give up the most tackles to the safety position Um, this season but Dallas has three of these guys that they're playing a pretty regular snap share so J-Ron Curse hasn't played a full-time role in a couple of weeks now that everybody's healthy in that safety room Um, so he's safety 17 for me this week otherwise I I would have him higher if he was playing more Um, but he is getting the better usage of of the three and he's typically been the one that plays more Um, so I do expect him to kind of lead the bunch but Donovan Wilson Malik Hooker inconsistent snaps right now Malik Hooker especially um, playing mostly deep but don't love it for those guys but I do like uh, J-Ron Curse uh, still a fair bit this week Um, and then the other thing too with Dallas is Marquise Bell um, who Mm -hmm. got a 73% snap share in week eight and that was with Rashawn Evans in the lineup I know it was Rashawn Evans first game um, with the Cowboys but Marquise Bell owns a 90.0 defensive grade this season, which is the highest among all linebackers. And he has an 89.7 coverage grade, which is fifth best. He hadn't played more than 55% of defensive snaps in any game prior to last week. So could potentially be one of those guys that's earning more playing time due to strong play. And I'll be curious to see if they, if he kind of remains like a a super efficient linebacker, because that's what he's been on a smaller workload. If that continues with a larger workload now, I mean, I doubt it. This is, again, another one of those man-heavy defenses, and we've seen even uh, Damon Clark come down a bit in tackle efficiency as his snaps have increased so far. But any interest in somebody like a Marquise Bell um, for those deeper leagues? You know, you got to pay attention to a guy like that just because if LVE continues to, uh, you know, be on the shelf, which over his career, he's really told us that he just can't stay healthy for a full Mm -hmm. season. Um, A guy like Marquise Bell is a guy who... Um, could be really solid for us as we as we go down the stretch. It could be very, you know, reminiscent of a guy like a, um, a Jack Sanborn, you know, a guy who was just a no name and then super relevant, like in 2022. Um, and exactly like you're saying, that linebacker position for the Cowboys has never produced a really good linebacker too, um, but they've always had one good linebacker there uh, most seasons. So, absolutely, I'm interested in a guy like Marquise Bell. 
it's really interesting because, you know, the IDP world freaked out when all of a sudden Rashawn Evans signed with the Cowboys and everybody hurried to every single waiver wire that they could to see if he was available. And he was available pretty much everywhere. Sure. I'm probably not overpaying for a guy like Marquise Bell um, because I'm still not sure that they're not slowly maybe ramping up a guy like Rashawn Evans. Um, and LVE is not out for the season, I don't believe. So there's a right. chance that he comes back. You know, that, that Cowboys linebacker position in the last year or two, maybe even three, has just been hard to kind of figure out, and it's continuing to be that way in 2023. So if I have another route to take, if I have a linebacker that I trust more, which we should in week nine mm -hmm. have guys that we can really depend on more, um, I would go that route. If you're just throwing a dart and you're running out of um, guys to roll out, sure, grab a guy like Marquise Bell. Yeah, that's that's the thing, right? If he's going to continue playing seventy five percent of snaps, it's it's not bad for for deeper leagues, and and he does have a DB designation on like sleeper as well, and and, and other platforms, so that that helps his case a little bit. But I'm with you. We, we talked about you know we talk about it all the time how NFL teams value experience and things like that for especially for the linebacker position. So potentially Rashawn Evans works in, but. The, the, the plus side for Marquise Bell is that he's played really well, right? So I think he potentially can hold on to that job. It's just a matter of how productive it's going to be for IDP. And I don't have like a ton of faith that it'll be consistent for the rest of the season um, just because of that defense and how they deploy those guys. So I, I'm with you 100%. I agree with everything you said. Mm -hmm. Um and then on the Eagles side of things, uh, the Cowboys are an, also a friendly team for for opposing safeties. Um, they are they rank inside the top ten, so it's solid for for somebody like Reed Blankenship, um, who I have at safety nine this week, and Kevin Byard, uh, who's a new Philadelphia Eagle. There, I have a safety nineteen, um, with Dallas giving up the ninth most tackles to safeties. But the linebacker position, again, probably the most interesting thing for Philadelphia here. Zach Cunningham was 100% of snaps two weeks ago. He dropped to just 71% last week. Uh, yes, he's been super inefficient. You. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It, it, we want to see more N'Kobe Dean, right? So N'Kobe mm -hmm. Dean got up to 70%. He has been super efficient. Uh, he had a 24% tackle efficiency last week um, and 16% on the year. So if N'Kobe Dean can get up to a full-time role, that would be obviously the ideal situation. But... Zach Cunningham has he's he's kind of sucked this year, right? Like the one mm -hmm. thing that we like about Zach Cunningham for IDP is that he's always been an efficient tackler, but um two percentage points below average um in tackle efficiency for Zach Cunningham this year. So you don't love that. And uh mm -hmm. Nick Morrow is another one of those um skeletons on the bottom of the pool, basically, um, because he he's no longer relevant for for IDP at, at less than 40% of snaps. So for now, I don't know. Are you, are you trusting Nicobe Dean? Because it's been around seventy percent in each of the last two weeks since he's come back. Would would you plug him into lineups this week as like your LB three or or maybe yeah. higher? Absolutely, yeah. I, I trust Nicobe Dean at this point. I think the team wants him back. I think they want him healthy. You know, to, to kind of talk a little macro, a little macro with Macri, if if, <laughs> if if I if I may. Um, you know, the, the Philadelphia Eagles look like the best team in the NFL right now. You know, yeah. uh, Kansas City Chiefs really can't move the ball. Um, Josh Allen can't quit turning the ball over, and then Joe Burrow, I don't feel like is healthy right now. So um, I don't know if maybe there's a 
the Baltimore has been pretty good, uh, but everything's kind of clicking for the Eagles right now. I wish Jalen Carter was healthy because he's been an absolute menace from the interior so yeah. far in his rookie campaign. Um, but I think the Philadelphia Eagles are best when N'Kobe Dean is healthy, when Jalen Carter is healthy rushing from the interior with Milton Williams, and then you've got Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick, um, guys who have been brought in and both are kind of veterans in their own regards uh, in terms to age. Uh, but good God. Gosh, Kevin Byard looks like it's not going to take him very much time to acclimate to that Philadelphia Eagles system. I really love that for the Eagles. Whenever yeah. since they moved Chauncey Gardner Johnson, which I hated, I didn't really understand that move. I thought that was a great move for Detroit. Um, I do love this move for Kevin Byard. I think this could be a nice little buy window for a guy like Kevin Byard because here, moving through the rest of 2023, I think Byard could produce well for us in the in IDP. But good gosh, man, that Philadelphia Eagles team with uh, Jalen hurts deandre swift you know uh devonta smith and then aj brown they've got goddard that team is just setting up to uh to be a team you don't want to play come come december and january yeah they 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 are stacked throughout it's just a really well-built team and yeah we just want that like consistency at the linebacker position and i'm with you i think nicobe dean gets there uh, i think they'll continue to kind of ramp up his workload as the season goes on i don't know if it'll be 100 percent this week um but I, he should at least surpass zach cunningham this week um at the at the very least right so um yeah i'm with you the, this eagles team looks like uh, potentially the super bowl favorite at this point i i i think anyways Yep, I agree with you. Let's talk about two more potential Super Bowl favorites. Um, you know, we've got a good game to start our Sunday with the uh, Chiefs and Dolphins. And now we're going to finish our Sunday night with the Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow, Cincinnati's four hours from my house. I might have to look at maybe getting some tickets to uh, to run up there. Hey, there uh, it could be a good little game to watch. But the uh, Buffalo linebackers, we're going to have a little conversation about them because they've been kind of aggravating here the last couple weeks. Um, Trey Hendrickson, let's talk about him do we are we really ready to um set it and forget it with uh, with trey against josh allen this weekend and then cam taylor Britt, another guy who has shown um he can be really relevant for us at times in idp but um yeah macri where, where do you want to go here you know we've we've seen uh we've seen that logan wilson in terms of uh the cincinnati Bengals, uh mom's meatloaf as uh as Aaron at the idp <laughs> show loves to call him um it's just good man he had a pick against um Wow, who did the Bengals play last week? I don't even 49ers. remember. There you go. He had a pick of Brock Purdy late in the game um, that kind of uh, sealed it for the 49ers uh, or sealed it for um, the Bengals last week. But uh, yeah, man, where do you want to where do you want to take this train? Ed Oliver, another good defensive tackle we could talk yeah. about. Um, Von Miller's snaps have increased here lately. Epinesa and um, Leonard Floyd have also been good there on the defensive line. So, you know, maybe in terms of who can we trust this week and, and what's going to be a really plush matchup in terms of offense, who who will be rolling out with confidence in uh, an IDP? Yeah, so yeah, let's start. Let's start on Buffalo then. In that case, because I, I think we start Terrell Bernard. I feel pretty good about Terrell Bernard, even though the Bengals aren't. Again, they're not a strong matchup for for linebacker tackles. The Bengals are thirtieth in that regard, but Terrell Bernard still LB thirteen for me this week. He's just proven to be really efficient. Fifteen point six percent tackle efficiency this season. Where I'm not trusting as much as guys like Tyrell Dodson. Um, so Dodson did emerge kind of as that LB2 again last week, but only played 63% of the snaps. Um, Buffalo, what they did was they actually changed their defensive scheme last week. And I'm curious to see if that kind of continues going forward. So they did play a third safety last week, which was Taylor Rapp. 
um, who played mostly on third and fourth down. So those obvious passing downs, right? Where I think that tells you a little bit about their, their trust levels in guys like Tyrell Dodson or Dorian Williams, but Dorian Williams didn't play at all last week on defense. So that, that pretty much tells you what's going to happen there. I think it'll be Dodson again, but he's LB 45 for me this week. Cause it's not going to be an every down role. I don't think, um, but yeah, I'm fine, you know, plugging in at at Oliver in those DT required leagues. I'm fine putting in um, Gregory Rousseau. Uh, it's a slightly above average matchup for those pass rushers. So the snaps maybe aren't there enough to trust guys like Epinesa or Von Miller outside of like the really deep leagues right now. But um, they could potentially get there at some point. It's, we'll see what happens with Von Miller's health. But yeah, that that's kind of Buffalo for me. And obviously Jordan Poyer as well has been awesome. So yeah, he, this is a good matchup for for safeties too. So Jordan Poyer um, gets a bump this week as well. He'd be starting in in most leagues. Yeah, it uh, it sucks we lost Milano because um, yeah. he was really kind of trending towards being a typical LB1, you know, sneaky season. It being drafted as a LB2 and continues to put up uh, LB1 type numbers for us. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it sucks to kind of lose him, but you're exactly right. We've all we've kind of been, you know, talking about on the IDP show what happens when Von Miller finally gets acclimated, who's going to lose the snaps and the answer might just be everybody, you know. Yeah. Everybody just gets a 10-15% hit so that uh so that Von Miller can get his 40-50% in from one week to the next. So, um there is there are sacks to be had there, mm-hmm. um, but aside from Ed Oliver, I'm with you. I'm not sure who I'm trusting there on that defensive line. Yeah, it's a little yeah, bit of a crapshoot. It is, yeah. They do they do like to rotate their guys quite a bit, and we don't know how much they're going to increase Von Miller's workload. But it's a pretty big matchup, so it could come this Sunday night against the Bengals, obviously. Um, and then on the Bengals side of things, you mentioned Logan Wilson. He's been great, definitely starting him um, pretty much no matter what. But Trey Hendrickson, like you said, he's been really good this year. I have him as edge 12, but 91.6 pass rush grade on the year, which is tied for second best among edge defenders with Nick Bosa. Um, he has a 23.7% win rate as well. He's got eight sacks on the year already. The thing is, this is a tougher matchup for him this week going against the Bills, who have the sixth best pass blocking unit in the league. And then Josh Allen has done a really nice job at avoiding sacks as well. So could be maybe a tougher game for for Trey Hendrickson managers if you're looking to put him out there against the Bills, but still like low end LB or edge one just because of the strong pass rush metrics and his ability to to get home this year. He's been he's been excellent. Mm-hmm. Um and then, yeah, Cam Tiller-Britt, you, you mentioned him. I love this matchup. For really, both teams' corners, uh, it's a really strong matchup. But Cam Taylor-Britt is the one that stands out probably the most to me. I have him as CB3 this week. He's been an efficient tackler for the position. Um, and he's even come up with two interceptions as well, which has allowed him to kind of be among the top-scoring cornerbacks in the league um, in, in IDP this year. So the Bills are giving up the second most tackles to the cornerback position at 15.8. And uh, Cam Taylor-Britt is the most targeted defensive back on the Bengals this season with 36 targets. So should see plenty of looks his way, which hopefully creates more opportunities for IDP production for Cam Taylor-Britt. Um, anything else for this Sunday night football game, or should we go on to our final game of the week? No, you know, it's kind of interesting that um, aside from Jimmy Garoppolo, the two other um, leading interception throwers, there's several tied for eight, but uh, among those two are Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Mm. Um, You know, they just throw some interceptions in exactly like we were talking about in the the game to start uh, Sunday with the the Chiefs and the Dolphins, start all those quarterbacks. I'm saying with the same type of category here, I think the over-under, I haven't looked it up, but I'm sure it's pretty heavy, Um, start all 
all cornerbacks that you feel comfortable with. Go to Johnny the Greek's article and you know look up who have been uh, playing a lot of uh, snaps here lately. But this should be uh, this should be one where they're dropping back to pass quite a bit. I would think so. Yeah, this should this should be a fun game. Glad we're getting it on Sunday night football. Um, and then on yeah. Monday night football, we have the Los Angeles Chargers at the New York Jets. Um, so let's start with the Chargers side of things. Um, it is actually a, a nice matchup for guys like Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. So um, the Jets have a pretty struggling pass blocking unit there. They're among the bottom 10 in the league in that regard. Zach Wilson has the 13th highest pressure to sack conversion rate. I have Joey Bosa at edge 11, um, but I don't feel amazing about it. He's he's playing okay this year, but not great, right? Not regular Joey Bosa level. So obviously he's, he's, he's been hurt as well. So that's kind of um, affected him, I'm sure, but it's pretty close to a career low in pass rush grade for Joey Bosa right now with a 70.9. And then Khalil Mack, obviously he had that six sack game, but just one <laughs> outside of that. Um, otherwise, both of these guys I'd probably put higher because of the matchup, but still feel decent about it, Joey Bosa this week going against uh, the Jets. Yeah. It's uh it's been a frustrating year for both those edges. Um Joey Bosa, man, I've been off of him ever since he had his foot injury several years ago. He's mm-hmm. just frustrating, you know. Sometimes he shows the inefficiency at times and then other times he's just injured. Um when it's good with Joey Bosa, it is good, but when it's bad, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. He's very up and down, right? Doesn't provide like a, a lot of tackle upside mm-hmm. either. So that floor is super low for him. So you want him to get the sacks. I think this is a decent matchup for that to kind of happen. Um, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes on on Monday night. But the I other part of the Go yeah, exactly. he is he is very <laughs> boom bust. Uh, and then yeah, the other thing for the Chargers. I, I mean, obviously we like Kenneth Murray. Uh, he's been he's been excellent this year. He's playing that hundred percent role. What'd you say, John? Say that one. Say that one more time. I know. Yeah, it does feel it does feel weird saying, but I've been trusting Kenneth Murray pretty regularly, especially as somebody that typically punts the linebacker position. I've had to pick up a lot of Kenneth Murray, so he's been like a low end LB two for me, pretty much. Um, basically just staying in those the in in starting lineup so uh he's been he's been fine uh for sure so i i feel okay about plugging him in again this week but the jets have not been a great matchup for safety so derwin look he's he's still safety one for me because i'm not allowed to move him but sure. i would i would understand if you have like elite safety options um if you wanted to to switch and go to somebody else this week um at the safety position the jets are 31st in tackles allowed to the safety position and even the chargers they're 32nd so not good for like jordan whitehead or tony adams either so really bad matchup for both sides on the safety position so i don't know i i I have a hard time keeping Derwin out of lineups. Um, but that's why he's always safety one for me. So I, I don't know. How about you? Would you be benching Derwin at all um, at any point? He hasn't been amazing. He got an interception late last week, but that was pretty much it. But I mean, what are we, who are our elite options that we're going to yeah, sub in for true. Derwin? Cam, Cam Bonham's Pearl, been yeah. fun, you know? Yeah. Kyle Hamilton has been good, but he also had a three-sack yeah. game that's really elevating him in terms of, like, his, you know, uh, yearly production. You're right. Cam Curl has been really good. Harrison Smith, sure. 
Dax Hill, Kyle Duggar, Antoine Winfield, yes, is also really good. But then Julian Blackman, Josh Metellus, mm -hmm. Jason Pinnock, Jesse Bates, <laughs> no thank you. Yeah, if I have yeah. Derwin James, I am not going to let a 30-point game be sitting on my bench. I would much rather look up and be disappointed by a six-point game from Derwin James than look up and see 31 points sitting on my bench. Yeah, no, that that's exactly the 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 way I look at it as well, and that's why he he stays at safety. He's just he, I don't know. They're they're like you said, the safety position is so volatile and year to year, especially, but week to week as well. And there's been one consistent, and that that has been Derwin James over the last few years, as long as he's healthy. So he's healthy this week. It's not a great matchup, but um, I'm still plugging Derwin James into uh, starting lineups here. Um, Let's go to the Jets side of things here to close it out. And let's start with the cornerback position. Give some love to the corners here because the Chargers are the top matchup um, for opposing cornerback tackles. And DJ Reed uh, is my CB4 this week. He returned to the, the lineup for the Jets last week um, after missing a few games. He didn't have the most productive game last week, but... He's really been a strong IDP option, at least before he got hurt as well, and averaging six tackles per game even after that low tackle game last week. Uh, Chargers are giving up 16.1 tackles to the cornerback position this season, and Reed has really been one of the most efficient tacklers of the Jets, or he has been the most efficient tackler of the Jets' corners this year. So I think he's probably the best bet to kind of benefit from this matchup going against the Chargers. So like DJ Reed this week in the, inside my top five corners, um, Quincy Williams and CJ Mosley, they've just been, uh, they've been amazing, but chargers have given up the least amount of tackles to the linebacker position, but they've been so good. You're, you're not benching them either. They're both inside the top 15 still for me. We'll see how that pans out. Um, and then the last one here, Quinn and Williams, um, <laughs> still just a half sack on the year. Um, we would have loved to see him get that sack last week against the giants we talked about it with um with jake when he was on the show i was on jace abby's uh rankings show as well jace loved him to get the sack this week we all agreed it was going to happen against the giants somehow it did not but he was still really productive he had eight tackles a qb hit a tackle for a loss he's still been getting it done even without the sacks that's the kind of guy that you love the floor obviously so He's DT4 for me, and he has the upside as well. We know he's going to get home eventually, but it hasn't happened yet, um, unfortunately. So how are you feeling about Quinn and Williams? I, you're staying in the flames with Quinn and Williams, you know, and and thankfully Quinn and Williams is producing for you in other ways, not just getting yeah. to the quarterback. Um, you know, he's not just leaving you out there with uh, with nothing. He's almost like a, you know, almost similar to like a Christian Wilkins to where sometimes mm -hmm. when there's weeks where Wilkins doesn't get to the quarterback, he doesn't leave you with a zero. You're still getting five, six, seven tackles from him. And, uh, you know, Quinn and We'll be fine. Don't don't trade a guy like Quinnen. Quinnen is elite. He's probably still celebrating a little bit from getting paid there this offseason. <laughs> so just took him a little while to warm up. But, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Quincy Williams, C.J. Mosley has been great return on investments for your ADP this offseason. Um, and you're right, man. Watching last week um, Danny DeVito throw the ball like four <laughs> times, um, I expect this to be a little bit opposite. I think Sauce Gardner uh, wanted to keep Jalen high and company in check and they definitely did but um keenan allen uh, uh quentin johnston josh palmer maybe uh maybe. they're definitely different than the uh than the new york giants wide receiving core so i agree with you i think sauce gardner and dj reed could be a nice little play this week but yeah that's um 
that's pretty much it. I, uh, you know, Quinnen's kind of like the uh, Derwin James for me of defensive tackles. Sure, right. you've probably been a little bit disappointed so far um, with them. So, uh, you know, in 2023, but who's to say that midseason they just can't flip that around and uh, you know be really productive down the stretch for us? Yeah, it, it, it. I definitely feel pretty confident that it's going to happen for a minute. And, and anybody looking at on the YouTube right now, we got the DT leaders going across the board as well. And Quinton Williams still DT twelve on the year, and that's with only having a, a half sack on the season. So uh, once those sacks start to come as well for him, he's he's a locked in DT one already. It's just going to be high end uh, DT one at that point. So I'm um, still believing in Quinton Williams, but um, yeah, that that is going to wrap up uh, another. IDP preview episode. So I hope you all found that helpful. Um, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Also, a huge thank you to the great Bobby Reynolds for coming on to help me break down this week's slate. Bobby, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on. It is always a pleasure, my friend. Macri, I couldn't have done anything more today that would have been more enjoyable. I wore my two polos for you. I'm already at a T. I'm going to need some more, but no. <laughs> there on X. Uh, you're my favorite there, fam. Oh, well, I, I appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate the kind words. But yeah, more importantly, I just appreciate you coming on here um, and sharing your thoughts and insight into the world of IDP. So thank you very much. I hope the listeners enjoyed it as well. But before you go, um, please let everybody know uh, where to find you and more of your work as well. If you're on X, you can follow me at IDP Bob. I don't do anything on X. I would tell you to go to the IDPshow.com, get you a sub, get in there and get Adam's ranks, get a lot of our weekly ranks from Jace. we got lots of good articles um, that are out there, uh, the IDPshow.com. Don't follow me on Twitter because I don't really like Twitter. I'm an old man. I'll be on a tractor somewhere, probably in the flower garden here in a little while. So, um, yeah, that's about all I got, Macri. <laughs> Miss you, buddy. Bye. I miss you too, man. It'll be it'll be good to see you again at some point, hopefully this off season. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it was always nice. To, it's nice to get to talk to you and talk some IDP as well. So thank you. Um, and then as for me, everybody knows all my work is up on pff.com. We got the IDP fantasy report for free up on the website right now. So you can get all the snap shares, waiver wire targets uh, and utilization for all the past week's IDPs. Um, I'll have the IDP rankings article up on the website uh, tomorrow morning. We'll have the wide receiver man and zone coverage report up on the website tomorrow morning and the O-line D-line matchups to target and avoid as well. Um, and then I'll be back uh, on the podcast previewing the offensive side of the ball with Kate the Great Majuk. So we'll see you all then. And until next time, peace out.